Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I was not an extreme daredevil as a kid, but I did do a few pretty stupid things like most boys do. One of these things happened on the way back from fishing with my friend, and we were walking the train tracks back, carrying our fishing poles and stuff, and we were getting close to a trestle that spanned a ravine and stood a good 50 or 60 feet in the air. Just before we got to it, we heard the tracks starting to rumble. We looked back, and we could see the light of the freight train coming up behind us. I, I looked, and I saw that the trestle was long enough that in the middle of it, it had this small platform, not much bigger than a pallet with rails on it. I, I convinced my friend to, to make a run for the platform. And we were all excited as we were waiting for the train to pass us by. But I will say right now that trestles sway a lot with that much weight on them. <laughs> it was kind of surprising and a little unnerving. And the train rushed past us so close that we literally could have reached out and touched it. And my friend was so scared that he just had this real look of panic on his face. Even though the, the train had to have been going around 50 miles an hour or so, there was one thing that I saw that I'll never forget. And that was the face of the train engineer. <laughs> the expression on his face as he stuck his head out the window, was priceless. He was so mad at us for running onto the trestle to stand on that platform. And, and why was he so mad? Because we had put ourselves in a very dangerous position for no good reason. And in a way, we, we've done that as a nation. From upindia.com, up uh, th comes this article. It says, on Sunday, the former congresswoman from Hawaii, Tulsi Gabbard, claimed the evidence of more than 25 U.S.-sponsored biolabs are functioning in Ukraine. Soon after her video went viral, U.S. Senator from the state of Utah, Mitt Romney, lashed out at Tulsi, alleging that she was parroting Russian propaganda. Quote, Tulsi Gabbard is parroting ru false Russian propaganda. Her treasonous lies may well cost lives, he wrote, uh, he wrote on a Twitter um, post. And Tulsi, in her video, stated that according to the data by the U.S. government, biolabs are conducting research on dangerous pathogens. Quote, Ukraine is an active war zone with the widespread bombing, um, our artillery, and, and shelling of these facilities, even in the best of circumstances, could easily be compromised and release these deadly pathogens, she added. Now, prior to Tulsi's claim, Russia and China had also alleged the presence of U.S. biological laboratories in Ukraine. Chinese government uh, tweeted out this. They said... The U.S. biomilitary activities are not transparent, safe, or justified. In Ukraine alone, the U.S. has set up 16 biolabs, 
why does the U.S. need so many labs all over the world? What activities are carried out in these labs, including the one in Fort Detrick? Now, on Monday, Tulsi Gabbard hit back at the allegations of parroting Russian propaganda while stating that the existing U.S.-funded biolabs must be secured in order to prevent new pandemics. Gabbard asserted that the the spread of pathogens from these labs will cause the loss of life if they're not protected. Quote, the spread of pathogens is what will cause the loss of life, not the prevention of such spread, she wrote it on Twitter. Now, Gabbard asked Romney if he could provide evidence of what is being said and, and the fact that it, 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 it he's claiming it's untrue while while challenging him to apologize and resign from the Senate, while claiming that the need to take immediate action for securing such biolabs is beyond dispute, she listed down instances when the U.S. State Department themselves claimed the existence of such labs during correspondence and to the media. She referred to the U.S. government's Undersecretary of State Victoria Newland's statement during a hearing on Ukraine directly acknowledging the presence of such labs in Ukraine. On March 8th, when asked by Republican uh, Marco Rubio about whether Ukraine has bioweapons, Newland responded saying, quote, Ukraine has biological research facilities, which in fact, we are now quite concerned Russia troops, Russian forces may be seeking to gain control of. We are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of Russian forces should they approach, unquote. In, in another instance, the fact sheet released by the Department of Defense's uh, DOD uh, Cooperative Threat Reduction Program, which talked about the activities under the Bio Threat Reduction Program, in Ukraine contains statements directly and indirectly confirming the existence of biolabs in, in Ukraine. The fact sheet documents that the United States, through the BTRP, has invested approximately $200 million in Ukraine since 2005 while supporting 46 Ukrainian laboratories, health facilities, and diagnostic sites. Furthermore, the fact sheet claims that the U.S. began its biological work in Ukraine to tame the risk of unsecured biological weapons left by the USSR after its uh, its it, it, it successor state. So, um, when when the USSR fell uh, apart, then we went in to try to um, secure some of these facilities. It states that Russia illegally took possession of two Ukrainian-owned laboratories that America's BTRP upgraded in 2014 after its invasion. Now, Tulsi Gabbard then quoted vet, uh, veteran journalist David Martin when, on a CBS News show, Face the Nation, he claimed that the Pentagon official told him the U.S. is concerned about the Russia take, taking over biolabs in Ukraine for weaponizing the study of toxic pathogens. Quote, 
The concern is that the Russians will seize one of these uh, biomedical research facilities that Ukraine has where they do research on deadly pathogens like botanism and and, uh, anthrax, seize one of those facilities, weaponize the pathogen, and then blame it on Ukraine and the U.S. because the U.S. has been providing support for some of the research being done in those facilities. This is what Martin elaborated in the interview. Now, it must also be noted that in 2020, the United States Embassy in Ukraine itself acknowledged that there are U.S.-funded labs in Ukraine working with pathogens for viruses and other peaceful purposes after Russia accused the U.S. of producing biological weapons in Ukraine. Quote, here in Ukraine, the U.S. Department of Defense Biological Threat Reduction Program, or the BTRP, works with the Ukraine government to consolidate and secure pathogens and toxins of security concern in Ukrainian government facilities while allowing for peaceful research and vaccine development. This is what the statement reads. Now, it can be seen from the evidence presented by Tulsi Gabbard that the repeated denying of U.S. biolabs in Ukraine by the U.S. State Department and by media across the table has fallen flat. The former congresswoman has stood strong, well, you know, talking uh, and, and taking a stance that the U.S. should openly acknowledge its biological presence in Ukraine and thus strive to protect it from falling into Russian hands. Now, are the bio labs in, the, in Ukraine the only ones that we're funding? Well, it doesn't appear to be the case, and, and really not by a long shot. In the midst of, of Ukraine-Russian tensions, the U.S.-funded biological weapon laboratories in Ukraine have garnered considerable attention after Russia, and now China, has accused U.S. military of operating dangerous biolabs in Ukraine. On Tuesday, a Chinese uh, foreign ministry spokesman, Zhao uh, Lingzheng, uh, tweeted a, a snippet from a press conference where he asked the U.S. to release, quote, relevant details as soon as possible, unquote. <laughs> regarding alleged U.S. biological laboratories in, in Ukraine. He captioned his tweet as, the U.S. has 336 labs in 30 countries under its control, including 26 in the Ukraine alone. And it should give a full account of its biological military activities at home and abroad and subject itself to multilateral verification. Now, speaking in Mandarin, the official standard language course of China, Zhao responded to a question posed to him by a local reporter, and he said that the U.S. biolabs in Ukraine have indeed attracted much attention recently. Quote, according to reports, in these facilities, large quantities of dangerous viruses are stored. Russia has found during its military operation that the U.S. uses these facilities to conduct military plans. Accordingly to data released by the U.S., it has 26 labs in Ukraine. The U.S. has 336 labs in 30 countries under its control. The U.S. has also conducted many biological military activities in Fort Detrick. What is the true intention of the U.S.? What has it done specifically? The international community has doubts. This is what Zhao added. 
He urged the U.S. to give a full account of its biological military activities at home and abroad and access multilateral verification. Now, interestingly, on Tuesday, the, the U.S. State Department official, Victoria Newland, in a way had admitted the U.S.-funded biolabs uh, are working and developing on, on, on bioweapons on Ukraine soil. Newland testified before a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing on Ukraine in Washington, D.C., and said that the U.S. was working with Ukraine to prevent invading Russian forces from seizing biological research material. The State Department also stated that it was concerned that Russian forces were, are trying to gain control of biological research facilities within Ukraine. By stating that Russia will be held responsible for any biological or chemical weapon attack, Newland had ef- effectively admitted that the Russian government has been saying, basically what they've been saying all along, that the U.S.-funded biological labs are are developing biological weapons on Ukrainian soil. And that's that's a possibility. The Russian Defense Ministry says they found evidence of U.S.-funded biolabs bio in Ukraine. On Sunday, March 6th, the Russian Defense Ministry had claimed that there were evidence of a U.S.-funded military biological program, program developed in Ukraine. Uh, Igor Koshinov uh, is the spokesman of the Russian Defense Ministry and said that in the course of the special military operation, evidence of the Kiev uh, regime hastily measures uh, to conceal any traces of the military biological program finance by the U.S. Department of Defense in Ukraine has been revealed. In fact, when Russia had started attacking military installations in Ukraine, there, have, there had been speculation that the US, United States biolabs uh, that had been established in Ukraine in the name of research and defense are also among the targets. And so social media had been abuzz with, with discussions on how the Russian government, in addition with you know, objecting uh, to NATO expansion in the region, had been highlighting their concerns, accusing the U.S. of running bioweapon labs near their border. These remarks, however, you know, uh, echo claims made last year about the the uh, the Wuhan lab research on deadly viruses being funded by the U.S. and overseen by Anthony Fauci. Since the outbreak of the Wuhan uh, coronavirus pandemic, experts have hinted at the possibility of the leak of a of a deadly virus from the Wuhan Institute of, of Virology. Uh, in fact, Chinese virologists all had also gone on record to declare that the COVID-19 virus indeed emerged from China and was intentionally leaked by the Chinese Communist Party as a bioweapon. Many reports had had emerged that um, that testifying Chinese uh, nefarious plans to to weaponize the the SARS co- uh, coronavirus against the world. Now. Wuhan Labs' research on deadly viruses was funded by, yes, you got it, the U.S. In September last year, a new book had claimed that the U.S. Uh, United States funded uh, the research of the Wuhan Lab on deadly viruses with pandemic potential. The book titled What Really Happened in Wuhan, uh, The Cover-Ups, The Conspiracies, and The Classified Research, 
has been authored by award-winning Australian journalist Sherry Markson. Um, and it's published by Har- HarperCollins, by the way. The book uh, delves into a, um, a secretive project that the U.S. funded at the Wuhan laboratory in China. The Daily Mail reported that the uh, contentious lab was uh, being used to create a database of le- lethal viruses. It must be mentioned that the Wuhan is one of the few laboratories in the world that can undertake gain-of-function research, i.e. make viruses deadlier and more infectious. While such research work has been hailed for you know, predicting pandemics and providing opportunities for researchers to uh, work preemptively uh, on medicines and vaccines, it has been criticized for its ability to unleash dangerous viruses in the world. So, what is exactly gain-of-function research? Well, in an article from Nature.com uh, back actually in October of last year, the, the, uh, it said in Greek mythology, the Chimara was a fire-breathing monster, a, a horrifying mismatch of lion and goat and snake that laid waste to the countryside. And in 2015, virologists led by Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill reported the creation of their own chimera. They took a uh, version of the coronavirus responsible for the deadly outbreak uh, of severe acute respiratory uh, syndrome, or SARS, in the early 2000s, now known as SARS-CoV, and adorned it with surface proteins from a different coronavirus taken from Chinese horseshoe bats. In the laboratory, this particular mashup was able to break into uh, into human cells and also make mice ill. This chimera came with a message. Other coronaviruses have the potential to spark a human pandemic. In just a few years' time, that warning would prove precedent as a distant cousin of SARS-CoV has now killed more than 4.9 million people worldwide. And, and I will say that number is actually now over 6 million. 6 million people that have died. It uh, it probably didn't get the recognition that it should have had from the general virology community and people involved in the pandemic preparedness, says Catherine uh, Spindler, a, a uh, virologist at the University of Michigan Medical School in Ann Arbor, uh, who was not involved with the work, but you just say that hindsight is 2020. <laughs> but the 2015 study did raise broad interest for another reason. Some wondered whether such an experiment could ever have been attempted. The, the work has um, consider, was considered by some an example of gain-of-function virology, in which scientists bestow new abilities on pathogens to study them. The, the, the term first gained a, a wide public audience in, in 2012, after two groups revealed that they had tweaked an uh, avian influenza virus, the used gen- genetically engineering and, and directed evolution, until it could be transmitted between ferrets. Many people were concerned that publishing the work would be tantamount to providing a recipe for a devastating pandemic. And in the years that followed, research funders, uh, politicians, and and scientists 
debated whether such work required stricter oversight, lest someone accidentally or intentionally released a lab-released plague. Now, researchers around the world voluntarily paused some of their work, but the issue became particularly politicized in the United States. U.S. funding agencies, which also support research abroad, later imposed a memorandum uh, on gain-of-function research with pathogens while they worked out new protocols to access the risk and benefits. But many of the regulatory discussions have have taken place outside the public eye. So what is gain-of-function? Debate over that question got heated at a U.S. Senate hearing in July when Senator Rand Paul, Republican from Kentucky, and Anthony Fauci, Director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, or NIAID, went head-to-head over a 2017 paper by scientists at the Wuhan Institute. Uh, and here on the podcast, we actually did uh, cover that particular um, encounter. Now, NIAID uh, had supported the research through a New York-based organization called EcoHealth Alliance. And it had done so at the time when funding for some gain-of-function science was barred. Uh, the authors gen- uh, genetically grafted spike proteins, the uh, the the viral keys that ac- grant access to uh, mammalian cells, well, from eight different natural occurring coronaviruses onto another coronavirus from the wild. And this one was called WIV-1. They found that these new creations in the lab dishes could infect monkey, uh, monkey kidney cells as well as human cells through the same gateway, the wide-expressed ACE2 receptor. That, that is used by SARS-CoV and, and SARS-CoV-2. Senator Paul insisted that the work constituted gain-of-function, and Fauci was um, admittant that it, it, it did not. But we now know Fauci lied. Gain-of-function research has come to mean any research that improves a pathogen's abilities to cause disease or spread from host to host. So in other words, taking a bad virus or taking bad viruses and making them worse. Now, gain-of-function research starts to ring alarm bells when it involves dangerous human pathogens, such as those on the U.S. government's select uh, agents list, which includes Ebola virus and bacteria responsible for anthrax and, and um, botulism. Uh, other major concerns are pathogens of pandemic potential, or PPPs, such as influenza viruses and coronaviruses. For the most part, we're worried about respiratory viruses because they're the ones that transmit the best. Only a handful of countries even have national policies on on, uh, oversight for um, potentially risky biomedical research. And although China has long been a participant in the international treaties and, and conventions on biosecurity, the nation didn't pass sweeping legislation until 2020. Of course, after, guess what? The coronavirus was released. Its law, which took effect this last April, requires approvals for, such, for research with highly you know, pathogenic microbes by provincial departments and, and, and health or rural affairs. But the law does not specifically address 
gain-of-function studies. And some experts say the rules are really vague. So, so breaking it down here, what, what appears to be happening is that the Obama administration actually did something right when they banned gain-of-function research on viruses that are transmissible uh, between you know, human-to-human contact. This did not sit well with people like Dr. Anthony Fauci and his friends at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases or, you know, the the NIH. They wanted to continue to do this kind of research, and they were not going to let let even the the president of the United States stop them. This kind of research was, was going to be illegal in the U.S. Well, then they would just take it to other countries around the world that you know, don't have these kinds of restrictions. So how do you do that and and maintain the funding for such projects? Well, you fund it with U.S. taxpayer dollars through these very organizations. So in the case of COVID, gain-of-function research was being done at the laboratory in Wuhan, China. Why? Because they would allow it. It was funded through the NIH, and Dr. Fauci. And under the supervision, no, no one at the federal government was, was overseeing what was happening because the NIH was the one that was supposed to oversee it. I mean, it, it was like the wolf guarding the hen house. Fauci wanted to do these dangerous tests and, and research and, and couldn't do it in this country. So he takes our taxpayer money and he ships it around the, the world to other countries for them to do it. Then he called, uh, when, when, when he's called out for, for doing this, Fauci perjured himself and said that they were not sponsoring any gain of function research. And that was just a flat out lie because that's exactly what they were doing. And they've been and 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 they're doing these biolabs all across the world. How many of these biolabs uh, are we funding in other countries around the world? Well, right now it looks like we're we're funding at least 336, 336 different biolabs around the world. And 26 of these biolabs are in Ukraine, where they're in the midst of a war with Russia. <laughs> I mean, it, Russia is, is not being very careful here either. I mean, they are going after civilians. They they were bombing uh, areas right there uh, at a, a nuclear facility in Ukraine. So, so these biolabs are not something that that uh, that they're trying to. Um, you know, miss or, 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 or be very careful of. And we have 26 of these biolabs in Ukraine. Could, could one of these biolabs get bombed and, and release a virus that starts another pandemic? Well, of course, of course that could happen. So we, are, we have put ourselves in a very dangerous position for no apparent reason. It's, it's, it's like myself and my friend putting ourselves in a very dangerous position, running onto the platform on that trestle with the train about to go by. 
for no apparent reason. We put ourselves in a very dangerous spot. And that's exactly what's happening here with our own country and our own taxpayer dollars. Now, this is a very dangerous situation and it needs to end. This research needs to halt and taxpayer dollars need to stop funding it immediately. And Dr. Fauci and his cronies need to be held accountable as well because this is unacceptable. Now, you may agree with all this. You may you may even disagree with all this. I would love part of this podcast is is to 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 start a conversation, is to start um, a dialogue about these different issues. This is an issue that you may completely have a different opinion on. And it may, you may you may have something that you say, you know what, th- these the these may be dangerous, but there is a reason. I would love to hear that. I would love for you to present that case. I would love for you to 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 make that case, back it up with facts, whatever the case may be. Let's start a dialogue and let's talk about that. That is what we're here to do on this podcast. And you can do that, of course, on Facebook. You can do that uh, at, uh, on all our other social media uh, platforms. And you can also do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is a production of Organite Communications.